So hello and welcome to the Trinity Fit Over 40 podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. And me, Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and creators of the Fit Over 40 method. And for more information about what we do, go to www.fit40info.com. In today's episode, we're going to be revealing the best weight loss foods for women over 40. So sit back and relax and welcome to today's podcast. So one of the most common questions that we get asked is about how to lose weight over 40 and kind of what are the best foods to eat for women who are over 40 or looking to lose some weight. And we've worked with so many women now in their 40s and in their 50s who felt stuck because they didn't know what they should be doing or what they should be eating in order to get the scales moving. So instead of trying you know, the right thing, they were just trying everything. So they were trying keto or low carbs, shake diets, clean eating, meal plans, slimming groups, online programs, maybe plant-based eating or vegan. And maybe you've tried some of these things yourself, but a lot of the women that we've talked to, none of these things were really working. So they'd step on the scales after a long week of dieting, after a long week of following one of these restrictive approaches and just see no movement at all. Or maybe they'd even be a bit heavier than they were before. And when you're not seeing results, you're stepping on the scales, you're not seeing any movement. It's very, very hard to stay motivated. And that's why a lot of women end up giving up. And that just kind of leaves them in a position where they're stuck. They're unable to get their weight under control. They're choosing clothes to cover up problem areas rather than wearing what, they're, what they like. Hating shopping for clothes because nothing fits quite right anymore, especially in the kind of the more trendy shops. And usually it's kind of around the middle where that weight's coming on, the clothes stop fitting quite right. And a lot of the clients we've worked with, they were staring at a wardrobe full of amazing clothes that used to be able to wear, that used to fit them really, really well, but they could never they can't fit into those clothes anymore. And a lot of people end up just worrying that this is part of the aging process, something they'll just have to accept. And the reason this happens is simple. So basically women's bodies and hormones start to change as they get older, and that can make it easier to gain weight, especially around the middle and harder to lose that again with some of the normal methods of dieting. But if you do have the right nutrition approach, if you know exactly what foods you should eat, um, exactly what's going to work for women who are over 40, you can quickly and easily get that scale moving and drop a couple of stone in as little as 12 weeks. And in today's podcast, we're going to reveal the best foods to eat for women over 40 so that you could do exactly that. Cool, let's get straight into it then. So the first things first, I'm going to kind of, you know, poo-poo the entire title here, but I'm going to explain plain and simply that there, the reality is there are no good or bad foods. And I'm doing these in inverted air sort of air quotes. There's no good or bad foods per se. This is a really common mindset taught by diets. Um, you know, you might be on a diet which has these foods are bad. You can't eat these. These are eliminated carbs. You can't eat these or these foods are sins or things like this. Maybe you can relate. And the problem is what you can end up doing is you can end up seeing everything as black and white. Like this is a good food. This is a bad food. And in our experience, this can lead to kind of throwing in the towel as soon as you've eaten one of these bad foods. And with a lot of the clients we've worked with, you know, we've specialized in working with women over 40. They may have done lots and lots of diets. They've picked up a lot of these things over the years of this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. And what they tend to do is they tend to end up eating one of these bad foods by mistake or because they just think this is too difficult. They eat some chocolate or they drink some wine or they eat some carbs and then they just think, sod it, you know, I can't stick to this anymore and they throw in the towel. 
And that's never going to work because if you can't stay consistent, you're not going to see results. So what we find works much, much better is to actually learn how to, you know, what makes up a, a good food. And we're going to talk about that today. What makes up a food that's not going to help you so much. I'd prefer to use that language than good or bad. So like a, a food that's going to help you towards your goals and a food that's not going to help you so much towards your goals. And to kind of understand what you can get away with and what you can't. And the way we kind of do this with our clients is to teach them to read nutritional labels. And this is to understand the numbers, not just the traffic light system. So not just like sugars are green, but fats are red. So I can't have this. Um, or the calories are, are showing up as red because, or they're showing up as green. It could be, um, Ben was talking about this to me before we started that a lot of the traffic light systems are manipulated by food manufacturers. So um, there might be a ready meal or there might be a snack and it might be showing it as green, but actually it's because they've manipulated the portion size. They've made it really, really small and unrealistic. Like the amount of portion they say someone would have of granola or cereal, when you actually pour it out, it's it's like a thimble. And the amount you probably eat might be three times or five times that. And that completely changes the reality of those that traffic light system. So what you really need to learn to under, un, understand and to do is to read a nutritional label and then decipher from that, is this food going to help me or not with the amount that I'm going to eat? So for example, if you're looking at a yogurt or you're looking at a granola or you're looking at a snack, you need to look at hundred grams of that on the label and be able to compare that to another one. Cause when you're comparing the same weight of it, you're kind of comparing like for like, and you can look at things like the calorie amount for hundred grams of it. So you can compare one thing to another rather than the, the unrealistic portion that they give you. Um, you can compare the amount of protein, which is a very important thing we're going to talk about today and the amount of sugar that's in it as well. And then you can pick based off that you can go, okay, this is going to work for me or this isn't. And if you can't do this, so if you don't understand what these numbers mean, it's kind of like being illiterate. Like imagine if you couldn't read, which you know most of us can read in the Western world and we're very lucky for that. It makes life much easier. We don't get conned by things so much. We have an education, but a lot of people don't have this when it comes to food. So that they're really at risk of getting conned by nutritional labels, by marketing on food packets. So they can make the packaging look really nice. And then people think that must be really healthy when in fact, it's not, couldn't be further from the truth. And I actually had an example of this with a client recently um, where they were buying a ready meal and they were, they saw these Charlie Bingham's ones. Maybe you've seen them. They look really, really nice. Um, they've got lovely packaging, you know, it's all like wooden boxes and stuff. And they thought because it was packaged like that, that must be really, really healthy. It must be the thing that they should be eating. But the reality was it was like double the amount of calories in the portion that they could actually get away with and lose weight. It was way too much um, because it's cooked with loads of butter and fats and things like this, which they could easily see if they read the nutritional label. And once we went, went through that, we were able to make a much better choice. So what we do inside our program is we teach all of our clients um, how to actually decipher this stuff. What's the right amount of food for them in terms of calories, in terms of these nutrients so that they can actually read these labels and they can make food choices um, based on them rather than just going, that must be a bad food or that must be a good food. And if I eat that bad food, I've ruined it all. So that's the first thing. There's no good or bad foods. It's much better to actually understand nutrition a bit more. And then you're not going around relying on diets for the rest of your life. So the second thing is basically to avoid foods that are naturally high in calories and, and naturally low in nutrition. So there are no kind of good foods, bad foods. You can see results eating any type of food, but eating certain things is going to make your life a lot easier than eating other things. So 
The type of foods you want to avoid are foods which are high in fat and high in simple carbs. So when we say simple carbs, we basically mean any food that's high in sugar or any food that's high in wheat flour. So we're thinking of kind of beige foods, things like pastries, biscuits, pizza, bread, pasta, those type of things. Or we're thinking of sugary foods, so things like chocolate, things like cake, donuts, sweets. You, you know the deal with sugary foods. Basically, these foods, they've been designed by food companies because, you know, none of these things grow in the ground. They're all they're all a constructed product that somebody's come up with. And they're all designed to light up your taste buds. They're very delicious and they're very, very hard to resist. And the more of these things that you eat, the more that you're going to want. They're not very filling as they digest very, very quickly. And then quickly, you kind of want more to, to fill that void that's left behind and to, to satisfy those cravings that they give you. And for a lot of the high achieving women over 40 who we work with, who are often sat down at a desk most of the day working, especially in this current climate when it's, it's not, it might not be the most exciting day of work you've ever had. It doesn't take many of these foods if you're very inactive to undo all of the other healthy eating that you might be doing over the week so a few sugary or kind of wheat-based snacks can undo everything so the best thing we've found to kind of cut these cravings and, and break the cycle of eating these beige foods and sugary foods is to go cold turkey for one to two weeks and that basically eliminates the cravings and it breaks the bad habits and then you can reintroduce those foods back in moderation so for example just one to two times a week or what we say with our clients is basically 80 percent of the time stick to kind of really healthy good choices um you know we're going to go on to in a minute what some of the things you might want to eat instead um but then only 20 percent of the time allow yourself to have those treats and have those snacks so that you're not having to restrict yourself completely um, and with kind of you know a moderate approach like that you're still able to see results and this process of cutting out those food groups inside of our fit over 40 program we use a process called the diet makeover, which basically stops our members from craving these foods and gets them into a healthy balance over the course of a couple of weeks. And of course, when you've got the accountability of a coach, when, you, when you're a part of a group of women who are doing the same thing, it becomes much, much easier to do that kind of cold turkey, cutting everything out approach. But you know, it, it's, it's still possible to do by yourself. It's just going to be a bit more difficult. Okay, so... Avoid foods that are naturally high in calories and low in nutrition, as Ben was saying. There's no good or bad foods, but there's a few more things that you also need to know in order to you know, eat the best diet if you're a woman over 40. So the next thing that we'd recommend is to eat foods that are higher in protein. So protein is a very, very important nutrient, and it's something a lot of people don't get enough of. Now, the reason why you want to eat more foods that are high in protein is because protein is a very filling type of food or food group um so example of protein a simple one would be like a chicken breast um but a vegetarian source of it could be you know uh, corn it could be tofu um it's going to be anything if you read the label that's got a high high number of protein on it or anything that's kind of an, a sort of meat or fish product that's generally going to have quite a lot of protein in so the reason why protein is so filling is when you eat it, it sends signals to the brain that stop you feeling hungry. It kind of it does affect your hunger hormones and the signals to your brain. So you quickly fill up. So when you eat more protein, what tends to happen is you actually tend to eat a lot less calories over the course of the day, meaning you'll see more movement on the scales and you won't feel hungry. So you won't really notice it's happening. And this is one thing a lot of our clients actually will tell us is, you know, this is amazing. I'm not feeling hungry. I don't feel like I'm dieting, but I'm losing weight provided they are eating enough protein, of course. 
Um, and Ben, Ben and I were discussing this before and Ben said he was reading a study where people on average who ate more protein, they ate sort of a, a moderate amount of protein rather than a low amount like most people. I think it was, is the, is the number 500 calories less a day they naturally ate? Yeah, the, the chart I saw, so it had, you know, their calories before were kind of 2,500, they were naturally eating. All they did in the study was they made them eat 30% of their diet from protein, and then they dropped to kind of 2,000 calories per day, just without making any other changes, just because they felt more full. So there you get, there you go. So you, you will naturally eat less if you eat more protein. And, um, and in addition to this, there's another sort of benefit of protein that protein proteins take a lot of digesting like they take quite a lot of breaking down by your body so when you eat protein 30 percent of the calories that you've you've you that are in that piece of meat or fish or tofu or corn or whatever 30 percent of that is actually just taken up to digest that thing so you only actually absorb 70 percent of the calories you put on your plate whereas if you're eating mostly simple beige carbs sugary things alcohol those things are very easily digested by your body so you're going to get all of those calories going into your bloodstream and then be more likely to store them as fat whereas if you're eating more protein some of those calories are actually just being burnt to break the protein down so for women in over 40 in particular on top of all of this it's particularly important you consume enough protein as it's also something that's used for growth and repair of your muscles and you may have noticed this one of the side effects of aging is a decrease naturally in muscle mass and your muscle also is linked to your metabolism. So the less muscle you have, so if you don't do any sort of strength type training and you don't eat much protein, over time you'll start to lose more and more muscle. You'll become less and less toned and your metabolism will slow down. So it can become a bit of a slippery slope where you're having to eat less and less and less and less just to maintain your weight, let alone lose weight. So really what you want to do is get enough protein, combine it with some strength-based training. So we do low impact strength training with our clients in our programs to um, build up their muscle and their metabolism without damaging their joints and without overstressing the body. This can help reverse all of this, meaning that again, you'll lose more body fat and feel stronger and more toned and without having to feel hungry. So what we recommend is our clients get protein with every single meal. So that's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There's lots of different ways to do this. You can use a protein shake. You can, um, you can add different types of food to your diet. If you're a vegetarian, you can, you might have to be a bit more you know, a bit more clever with it and combine protein sources. Like uh, you can use quinoa, as I said, corn, tofu. There's still ways to do it. It is a bit more difficult if you're vegetarian or vegan, you're, you know, you've made a decision that's going to make it harder to eat um, a good diet. You know, a lot of people think the opposite, but actually it's to, in terms of getting leaner, it is harder, but it's still possible. You just need to make sure you're getting enough protein and all of our clients monitor this. We monitor it with them. And if they're not getting enough, then we'll work on increasing that because it will immediately, almost always immediately res result in better weight loss results. So the next thing is, is basically to stick to foods that you don't have a tendency to overeat. So some people will have certain trigger foods that kind of once you pop, you just can't stop. So for example, it could be chocolate, it could be biscuits, it could be crisp, it could be cheese, cheese, sorry, it could be wine. <laughs> um, we all tend to have one of these foods that, you know, you, you could just eat loads of it. Just for example, like if you give me a, a 1000 calorie bag of crisps, I could quite easily eat that entire bag of crisps in 20 minutes. It's, it's easy. It's easy to get that food in. If you give me a thousand calories of mashed potatoes or rice or something or chicken breast or vegetables, it's going to be a lot more difficult for me to, to get through that. So the types of foods people, those kind of trigger foods people tend to overeat on, they're often foods which are high in calories as well. 
which means it doesn't take long to have eaten more than you're going to burn off during the day. And whenever you're eating more food than you're burning off during the day, especially if you're less active because you're spending more time at home, working from home, um, you're not going to see any, any weight loss. You're probably going to see the scales creeping up month after month. So if you know that there's a food or drink that is like this for you, something which is a trigger food for you, the easiest way to, to stop turning to that is to eliminate it from your diet. So if you really want to get results, if it's really important to you that you get the scales moving, that you get where you want to be with your body, it's best to just, just kind of cut that out completely. Especially as we said before, we're talking about the diet maker. With that client, they'll cut all those trigger foods out for a period of time before kind of potentially reintroducing themselves to them later. However, to avoid making it kind of completely boring and unsustainable it's better to find an approach that's more easy to stick to long term so for example you can swap some of the things you might normally eat for alternatives which still mean that you can enjoy your food still means you can have flexibility but it's not going to cause that kind of trigger effect where you have that trigger food and then it leads to overeating so for example you can swap a glass of wine for a slimline gnt which is about a quarter of the calories and you still um, you know, you still get to have a drink. And also there's not that temptation there to drink the whole bottle. The problem with wine is you open the bottle, it only lasts so long in the fridge um, and it gets worse the longer you leave it. So it's almost there kind of tempting you to drink the whole thing. Another example might be with chocolate. There are loads and loads of alternatives out there. So there are things like low calorie hot chocolate, um, there's sugar-free marshmallows, things like this. There's also a, I can't remember what, is it Coconut Collective, I think, Rob? There's these mm -hmm. little like 100 calorie chocolate coconut desserts you can get in the supermarkets but you can get these things which might be you know 50 or 100 calories rather than 200 to 500 calories for a normal chocolate bar or like a sharing bag of some chocolates so the best way to avoid this then is firstly to kind of break that cycle break the cravings and once you've done that start making swaps for those trigger foods to other things that are not so triggering for you okay and the last thing we want to talk about today is actually it's not food but it you know it's got calories in is is alcohol so this isn't rocket science i know we've just ended dry january we're into february now as we record this but you really do have to avoid having too much alcohol if you want to see good fat loss results especially if you're a woman over 40 if you do want to lose weight because alcohol is very high in calories and it's not remotely filling this is the kind of killer combination with a lot of these things is the foods you want to avoid are ones that are really high in calories and they just don't fill you up at all because alcohol is a liquid, you know, you drink it, it has no real nutritional value. It's not going to fill you up at all. It's absorbed very quickly by your body. What that means is people don't tend to adjust their food intake to compensate for the extra calories from the alcohol. They don't feel more full, so they don't eat less. They still eat the same amount and then drink that much. And therefore they tend to gain a lot of extra weight. So Ben Ransom you know, has done a quick example here that's very interesting. If you just drink one glass of wine every evening, you'll take in enough calories to gain about a third of a pound of body fat every week. Or if you would have lost a third of a pound every week, you're now not going to lose it. But if you gain that third of a pound of body fat every week from your one glass of wine a night, over the course of the year, that can actually be well over a stone in weight gain just from one glass of wine a day. So it really doesn't take much to add up. And a lot of people are going to end up drinking more than that one glass of wine some nights a week. So the approach we recommend for our clients inside our Fit Over 40 program is not to just cut it out completely because for most people, that's not necessary. 
but just to make sure that it fits in with the overall calorie allowance. So we help them, everyone's different. So we help them with their personalized nutrition targets that are right for them, that will help them to lose weight. Well, make them lose weight if they stick to them consistently. And then what we'll do is we'll help them so they can fit things into such as alcohol, for example, to make sure that they're not having the alcohol and all the food they usually have and overeating. So for example, if they have like an evening event coming up, I know we don't have many of those at the moment, but maybe it's a Zoom call with friends. They might have a smaller breakfast and a smaller lunch to allow them a bit more flexibility in the evening to have that glass of wine or two or to have a couple of gin and tonics without it stopping them seeing progress. And lots of our clients do do things like that. And they're still able to lose one to two stone every 12 weeks, provided they fit them into their calories. So that just about wraps it up for everything we want to talk about in terms of the foods today. But if you are interested in kind of finding out more about how you can implement this, you know, if you want some help putting this into practice or some accountability to stick to it, Ben, where can people go to find out more about what we do and our Fit Over 40 program? But to find out more about putting all of this into action and, you know, how you could drop a couple of dress sizes over the next 12 weeks, just head to www.fit40info.com and you'll get all the details on that page. So the last thing we want to do is just share with you a couple of quick uh, testimonials from clients who have made these changes we talked about today with food and seen incredible results. So the first one is Charlotte Rushton. She's from Harrogate and she's a mum of, of two in her forties and she has a really demanding career. And she said, I joined Trinity in April. So this is obviously last year as I was sick of having a heavy thick set waist and loved the results of other members. I'm more than happy to work hard, but until April, I didn't have a plan which would give me results. I just ate what I thought was a good diet and worked hard in the gym with zero results. Now I'm the leanest I've been in years. I look great in my clothes and my confidence has grown significantly. I found I'm good at weight-based exercises and they give me a strong shape that I love. Plus my stomach is the flattest I've known it for such a long, long time. And my waist has gone from 33 and a half inches at the start to now being 29 inches. I've loved everything about Trinity. I've loved the community feel and the other members are very supportive. Professional support is excellent from the trainers and the content, both nutritional and exercise based is excellent. And most importantly, it works. So that's Charlotte. And then we have one more from Julie from Devon. So Julie struggled to lose any weight since turning 50 um, and hitting the menopause. This is a very common thing we find with lots of clients. Ben, why don't you read this one out? So Julie said, before I started, I was an unhappy size 12 to 14, probably 14. I lacked confidence, felt frumpy and generally felt that nothing I wore looked nice. I felt like people judged me on my size. I had tried Weight Watchers and been successful years ago, but since turning 50 and hitting menopause, nothing I had done before was working. I tried Slimming World for a day, but after being told to eat low calorie foods and being given no sensible advice, I decided it wasn't for me. Looking at Trinity, I thought it might be too restrictive and all about taking the money but not giving any new information, but that was just a small part of me. Everything in the advert resonated with me, so I wanted to believe it could work. Since joining Trinity, I've lost about 22 pounds. I am more toned to the point that people have said they want my arms. I have lost 14 centimeters from my waist and gone down two dress sizes. I'm stronger physically and emotionally. I've gained the confidence to leave situations that don't serve me, to find and join new groups, to change roles at work, I've spent years refusing to wear shorts and vest tops for running, and now I have no issues doing this, and I'm running stronger and faster than I ever have. Amazing results there from Julie as well. So, Ben, if people do want to get results like this, if they want to find out more, again, where should they go? So to find out more about everything that we do and about working with us, just head to www.fit40info.com, and you can grab all the details there. Perfect. So thank you so much again for joining us for today's podcast. That just about wraps it up. 
And we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the Trinity Podcast. We'll see you then. So thank you for listening to today's episode of the Trinity Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the Trinity Podcast.